You're listening to the Casual Mancatter on Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. Over the past couple of weeks, there has been a very public and brutal bringing down of the Australian head cricket coach. Not only from leaks to the media, from within the playing group and the backroom staff employed by the national team, but from further stories being aired every day from many news organisations. Exactly what the supposed problems within the closed walls of the Australian cricket team are is difficult to nail down, as the information that is being aired seems incomplete and sketchy at best, just that there are disagreements with the coach and his methods. As the team heads towards an attempt to annex the T20 World Cup and then look to retain the Ashes, these ructions all look to be coming at a fairly inconvenient time for Australian cricket. So let's have a discussion, purely analytical and without any real evidence, as to what may be driving this malcontent in the several groups of the Australian cricket team, and what it all means both in who really has the power in the Australian cricket setup, and how that could impact the coming months, on today's edition of the Casual Mancatter. G'day there everyone and thanks for tuning in to the conversation, which is not really a conversation, it's just me ranting and rambling with a microphone in front of me. So let's talk about Justin Langer and let's talk about what's happened in the last couple of weeks in regards to the reports about ructions in amongst the Australian cricket team over Justin Langer's style of coaching or at least parts of the way he interacts with the players and the backroom staff. So we've had reports that he's been grumpy, that he's hard-driven, that he wants discipline, um, and that because of this, there is some miscontent. Now, it seems to be coming not only from players who are unnamed, of course, as is always the way, but also from backroom staff, and that there are problems with the way that Justin Langer not only deals with them, but uh, utilises them and speaks to them in regards to many things. And apparently the problem that occurred, the main, the first where it first cropped up was that the IT person had actually put up on the Cricket Australia website when Bangladesh had beaten Australia 4-1, put up a video of Bangladesh celebrating and apparently that wasn't taken very well, firstly by Gavin uh, Dovey, and then by Justin Langer himself. Now, the journalists who broke this story have claimed that they have direct sources within the Australian cricket group and that this was coming directly from them and it was coming from players and backroom staff. 
So why are all these problems seeming to crop up around Justin Langer's coaching uh, and his style of coaching? You've probably got to look at everything that's happened, certainly since, let's say, the end of the Australian cricket season, after Australia lost at home to India in that test series, uh, there have been, well, problems, pretty much, is the best way to put it. But that's come about, obviously, we'd think for different reasons. Now, I'm just what you would call spitballing here, but let's have a look at some of those possible reasons. And the first thing we have to look at is the fact that for 12 months now, all cricket has been played in these COVID bubbles. So everyone is tight together. Uh, you're in your hotels, which are, and generally the only time you get out of your hotels is to go to the ground to play the games or to train. So there's no room to move away and get away by yourself or with a mate or with two mates. Uh, you have to stay in your hotel room and then you go out and you train and you play and then you come back to your hotel room and that's it. So there's no room to escape anything. And it will be harder on some players and staff more than others because there will be some who are quite happy to live in that kind of environment but others who are more social or feel as they, they get claustrophobic and that they can't keep doing that being away from, obviously, their family and friends. And those people who like to get out and get away from cricket will be doing it harder than everybody else. So you can imagine that that kind of stress and tension is going to create a different atmosphere than what would normally occur on a tour or even a home series because these players have been living in each other's pockets for 12 months. Now, secondly, losing doesn't help. And <laughs> Australia has had little real solid success since the end of the 2019-2020 summer at home. Since then, they split the white ball series uh, against England, in England. They split the white ball series against India at home. They lost the... Test series to India at home after winning the first test convincingly. They then lost the T20 series in New Zealand. They've then lost the T20 series in the West Indies. And they've lost the T20 series in Bangladesh. So you have to say that a losing dressing room is really difficult to keep happy without finding these chinks in the team and and uh, the stresses they come with that, and you're going to find bickering. You're going to find people who are at each other, and it might well be some of it is uh, in a joking manner, but other players may not take it that way. And then sooner or later, those if you're winning, you can handle everybody. The people who you, you know who might nag at you or you might get cranky with a bit. If you're winning, it's okay. But when you start losing all the time and these things start to weigh on you. That's where those ructions and those tears occur. So you can imagine that not winning much at all for the last 12 months is really going to have um, created some problems in that team. The other thing you've got to think of now is the fact that there are lots of different players coming and going in all three formats. And 
again, being in bubbles and out of bubbles, not everyone gets along with everyone else. As I was just saying, in any cricket team you are in, whether it's a club cricket team that we all play in or whether it's at state level, international level, not everyone in those squads are going to get on with everybody else. It's just impossible. It's a fact of life in sports at all levels. So you have to think about that. Let's look over the last few months when I guess a lot of these problems have started coming up with Langer since the end of last summer in Australia. There's been no Tim Payne in the squad at all since the Test Series. He's been out of the white ball game. He doesn't get picked in them. So as the leader, as the Test captain, he hasn't been around. There's been no Pat Cummins in any of those games. He was in the Test squad to go to South Africa. So was Smith and Warner. And so was Labuschagne. And so was Lyon. None of them were picked in any of these white ball contests, or certainly for New Zealand. And then in the last two tours, they chose not to tour. So all of these senior players have been out of the team since that test series against India. So if there are protests and there are problems going on, who is leading those protests and problems? Because the only senior players left in that team are Stark and Hazelwood as bowlers, Matthew Wade, and do you think Mitch Marsh is going to be one of those guys? He's getting everything he wants? It's really interesting in that respect because if these journalists say they have direct line of communication with players in the squad and they're getting from this well the only two who have been there are Stark and Hazelwood so is it them leading this I don't know and I couldn't possibly tell you if that's true or not but it doesn't make any sense that Payne or Cummins or Smith or Warner or Labuschagne or Lyon are saying anything because they haven't been in the squad since the Test Series finished. And if that's the case, and they were the problem, then there shouldn't have been any problems for the last three tours because they haven't been there. Is it plainly a battle between Langer and the other backroom staff, of which is a cast of thousands, Are they the ones that are complaining? Are they the ones who don't like the way Justin Langer does stuff? I don't know, but it's very difficult to try and work out where the problems lie. If those senior players are not involved, then if it's coming from the secondary level players who have come into that team because the senior players are not playing, are those secondary players out of line? I mean, is that what you're going to do? If if you've got a problem, you're going to complain about the coach to the press when you're not performing and you are not likely to get picked again, which many of them were not. I don't know. The revelation that also came out uh, after this at the same time was that when Australia agreed to do the Amazon series, The Test, uh, that Justin Langer went out and negotiated his own deal with Amazon for his fee for being in that series and that he subsequently received half of what all the players got for appearing, even just bit part players who appeared very briefly on screen. So apparently that has been a sore point and apparently that came up in some sort of conversations with some player or some players and Justin Langer has admitted that he didn't deal with that very well. All of this together at the moment is now starting to leak out to the media. And not only that, 
other media are jumping on board and getting a story or two in every day. Now I'm talking here about Fox Sports and other online players. They're printing a couple of stories a day about this carry-on with Justin Langer and whoever is bringing up this stuff, but no one's been named. What's interesting is that Justin Langer is obviously not a blokey bloke like the previous coach, Darren Lehman, was. Uh, And when Darren Lehman was in charge, when he was coaching the Australian team, there seemed to be very little negative coming out about him and the team with the press during his time. He obviously had a great report with the players he was involved with during his tenure. Um, and his style is was obviously much more relaxed than the headmasterish way that Mickey Arthur had apparently been. So we have a problem there where we had Mickey Arthur coming in and he was trying to be um, quite forceful in um, getting the team into good habits. He was then pushed out. Darren Lehman came in and, you know, has his own way of doing things. And then Langer has come in and he, again, is very much looking to uh, instill discipline into this team, which is what Arthur was trying to do as well. Now, obviously, when Justin Langer came in as coach, he had to fight to gain control after the Sandpaper Gate scandal. And... The fact that his style is different might be rubbing some people the wrong way. But he also doesn't seem to be allowing any mischief to occur in the dressing room or on the field. So now we've got these leaks coming out to the media about Langer and certain different things that are going on. Now... This is where we have problems, I think. We go back to Mickey Arthur, and there was obviously he was rubbing people the wrong way with the way he was expecting things to be done when Michael Clark was with him as well. Mickey Arthur got pushed out. Darren Lehman came in, was obviously far more relaxed in certain areas with that kind of stuff, and as I said, a bit of a bloke, a bit of a mate. And now he's out. And Langer's come in and he's gone back to trying to instill a certain amount of discipline into the team. Now, is the stuff that's being leaked out about Langer, is it the result of a corner or a portion of the playing group trying to control what it wants to have happening again? Are certain players now unhappy because they don't have the same freedoms that they had under Darren Lehman. Do they want to be running the show again? Much like it felt was allowed to occur with certain players under the previous coach. Or is it simply that Langer's style has now reached the end of its effectiveness and that the playing group needs a different person to come in and utilise a different style? As in all sports, Coaches have an expiry date. 
a time when everyone is better off if they part and try something new. Now, Mickey Arthur didn't get to that point before he was basically pushed out. Darren Lehman looked like he was going to go on much longer until Sandpaper Gate came along and all of the things that had been happening meant that he had to leave as well, of his own accord, and nothing else was said about that. But, you know, you, you often now, if you look back, you wonder what that dressing room was like. So Langer had to come in. He instilled his discipline into the team. He's he's reintegrated all these players into a certain style. They've held back on the uh, amount of uh, talking that was happening on the field. Uh, but have we gotten to a point now where we are, you know, years after Sandpaper Gate, has Justin Langer's job now been done and do we now need to move on to the next coach, whoever that might be, with a different set of ideas to help improving this Australian team. Now, Lang has done a great job to this point, don't get me wrong, and I'm not suggesting that he should be kicked out at the end of his contract, which is in May next year. But the point is that if it can't be solved that the players and the coach can still perform well together, then someone's got to go, and it is always the coach who goes. It's never the players. And in this instance, you would think that it would be the coach who would be the first one to be asked to fall on his sword if that was the case. Here's my final thought on the coach and the coaching situation. Now, I can't vouch for what's been happening with the team for the last 12 months and the coach and whether anything I've just said for the last 15 minutes of rambling is actually true or not. It's only what I see from the outside and what I think may be the problem. But I do know that my thoughts on this have never changed but the coach being a selector is still a bad idea. And I feel it could be contributing to all of this kind of stuff. Now, when John Buchanan was the coach of Australia, he was not a selector during their reign as number one. To me, it feels that the coach at the moment has too much power within the dressing room. The coach and his staff should be there to improve the players who are in the squad. And I mean by improvement, I mean by their skills and getting informed, ready for the the games. They need to work on their games and get them to their peak performance for the matches they're playing in. The selectors should be apart from the team, assessing their performance without being involved in their day-to-day efforts at training or on the park. At the moment, the coach is too much front and centre, being almost the face of the team at times. Now, in the 1980s, when Australia was rebuilding and had plenty of problems with players who had defected to go play in the South African series, Bob Simpson was appointed to help Alan Border as an overseer and then as a coach. Now, he took on many duties that Border was just happy to be shut off. He didn't want to do them. All he wanted to do was just be the captain on the team and not have to worry about anything else off the field, and Simpson took on that role, and that relationship worked 
brilliantly for them and for Australia. When Mark Taylor became captain, he wanted to be the main guy and be the face of the team. And that didn't suit Bob Simpson, who soon retired from that position, and Jeff Marsh became coach. And he was happy to fulfil the background role, as it was suggested at the time, that he was just the coach of the team, and Mark Taylor was the leader and the captain of the team, and he took on the main face of the team. When Steve Wall became captain after Mark Taylor, John Buchanan, sorry, John Buchanan became coach. And they worked really well together too, in a different way as well. Because Buchanan did rub some of the cricketers the wrong way with his methods. Shane Warne famously so. But that's what Steve Waugh wanted. He wanted someone who would think outside the square as a coach and could bring ideas in that would help the team to do that. And together they worked brilliantly. Now he was still not the main face of the team. That was always Steve Wall, and then when Ponting became captain, it was Ponting. But Buchanan was always there at a higher level probably than Jeff Marsh had been. After Buchanan retired, after the 2007 World Cup, Tim Nielsen came in as coach, and he was there for Ponting as well. But again, he more or less acted just as the coach. He did have a higher role probably in the media than had been Jeff Marsh's, but that was the way that the coach's role was being pushed. But again, he was a terrific background coach who did the role he was hired for. Then the Argus Review came out after the Ashes failure in 2010-11. And the Argus Review came out and it suggested that the coach and the captain should be selectors and should be involved in selecting the team at all times. Now, this was a terrible idea. And the problem with that was is that Ponting was pushing for that when he was captain. He really wanted to have a say in the way the teams were selected. Now, I'm not sure that Nielsen actually went in for that. But at the time, they changed the role of the coach in that Argus review that made the coach as a, as a, a selector. And Nielsen was told that he would have to reapply for the position that he had already been given, at which point he then backed out. And instead, Mickey Arthur came into the role. And with Arthur came also Michael Clark as captain. So Arthur and Clark both became selectors. Of course, Mickey Arthur eventually, before the Ashes started in 2013, had been pushed out the door. And at the same time, Michael Clark relinquished his selected duties, feeling that they were taking up too much time and it was not a good look. But Darren Lehman wasn't going to relinquish his role. He held on to that. When he came in as coach, he remained as a selector. Now, it is just a personal opinion, but I think perhaps it is time to have the head coach return to that coaching role only and just coordinate all of that with his other coaches, his batting coach and his bowling coach, and he be the head coach that he's supposed to be. And he can be in the background and just do that job, and allow the players to be judged on their own performances. The coach can be asked his opinion by the selectors, as they would ask the captain for his opinion, but then the actual selectors would make the decisions. Of course, in order to do that, it would mean that Cricket Australia would then have to reinstigate a panel of selectors, and that would have to be employed rather than the bits and pieces that currently exist. Because at the moment, with Trevor Holmes having retired, 
George Bailey is the chairman of selectors, and Justin Langer is the only other selector. There are only two men in Australia currently selecting teams. So how are you supposed to go around and watch state cricket and see the guys at the lower level and decide who's going to end up playing in the main team? Something really needs to be done about that. And that's the reason the coach shouldn't be a selector as well, because the coach is only going to see what's happening in the Australian team. We can all see that. Anyway, that's a discussion for another time, perhaps. (laughs) However, whatever occurs in the next few months, it appears on the surface that come mid-2022, when Langer's contract is up, that we may be seeing a changing of the guard. Now, just what that role looks like by that time may well depend on how this situation with Langer pans out. And of course, whether or not Australia is more successful over the next 12 months than it has been in the past 12 months. Man out at long on, but he needs to be 25 seats back. All right, another ramble on there. Probably got away from the actual subject matter, but then again... There's not much we know, really, about what's going on with Justin Langer and the Australian team behind closed doors. The the journalists might know more, but they're not really giving us too many ideas, and they're certainly not naming who their sources are. And like I said, it's it's really interesting that the senior players haven't been there for some time. The only guys who have been there have been Stark and Hazelwood. And are they are they the guys who are making this? I mean, that's pure speculation, and of course. Look, I don't want to get sued from the three people that listen to this, so, you know, I better just not say that out loud, I guess. But I think it's important going forward that we see something occur here that someone comes out and just says, yes, he's got the job and he's going to do this, or no, he hasn't. I did read in the last couple of days that apparently Cricket Australia thinking of changing the way the coach's role is, and I certainly wouldn't be against that. As long as they're not going to hang Langer out to dry. Um, He's done too much hard work to get us back from how we were at Newlands in 2018 to where we are now. Now, we mightn't be playing very good cricket at the moment, but he was able to adjust that culture and get Australia back into uh, a happy place with the viewing public at least. Now, he deserves a lot of credit for that and that should never be forgotten. Uh, Now, whether he's the right guy's coach going forward, that's a completely different question, and you know that has to come into a review with, obviously, the players and the backdoor staff, backroom staff, goodness gracious me, and any other people who may wish to apply for that role. Um, And... We're not to know, but eventually we've got to come to a point where that coach doesn't be a selector or else we're going to continue to have problems at a higher level because the coach may well be seen to be favouring people even if he isn't. Anyway, enough on this episode. Um, (laughs) It's been fun going and splurting this out to a microphone. And to anyone who's listening... Thank you for doing so. And if you've got any thoughts, you know where to contact me. All the things are on the website. Go there. Write stuff. Abuse me. It'll be fun. 
Until next time, thanks for listening. Bye. Got it! Yes! Oh, the thick outside edge. Tell me a story, walking pal. Straight right on top of you. I love them all. I want to book them. Get them up here. You have been listening to a Metal Cavern production.